皆さんおはようございます。Welcome back. Here we are. It's Gaijin Ass time again. I'm Eric, Gaijin Ass, and this is Gaijin Ass Podcast. Today is 2017, and it's、uh, Wednesday, April 19th. I am currently in Ikebukuro in Tokyo, and、uh, coming here to do a little podcast regarding a post I recently did. As you can see, it's here on the screen. That post is called How I Became a Japanese Fortune Teller. Yes, I actually was a Japanese fortune teller. There's no bunk there. And the system of fortune telling that. Well, first, if you're interested in that story, How I Became a Fortune Teller, you can get on here and read it yourself. I'm not going to go through it again. It's a pretty ridiculous story, pretty nonsensical, but it is true. And it did happen, took place from、uh, 2006 to 2009 ish. And anyway, it's pretty cool, pretty out there. But、uh, first, today I want to talk about the system of fortune telling that I used. Okay. And for that, we can start here. It's also a post I wrote this in 2009, and it's fortune telling numerology. So the kind of system that we used. Was a numerology system. I believe it's called the nine star key system. It's Japanese. It's also got connections to a Chinese system and other things. But、uh, let's go over how this works. Basically, numero- numerology in a numerology system, you've got your birthday, right? So you take your birthday, and based on your birthday, there's these computations that are pretty simple that anybody can do, and you get the numbers. That are pertinent to you based on your birthday. Take this one again. There we go. Everyone has particular numbers and everyone has particular colors that are associated with those numbers, and those are all set. So, for example, if the calculation is done with my birthday, it comes out to 7. Am I right here? Am I, am I confused? I might have to redo my calculation. Actually, that's probably a good idea. Let's go down here. It's been a long time since I was into this stuff, but I used to be heavily into it along with a lot of people I knew. I was, after all, a professional fortune teller here. Okay, so first, let's go over some review points here. Colors and numbers, as we see in this post.、Um, basic, the basic system is simple you figure out your numbers, and then you can use those numbers. And the associated colors, not only to understand personality points about you, but also to kind of enhance those personality points that aren't so balanced and decrease personality points that might be a little overbearing and causing you some trouble in your life. So let's go ahead and look at this first example here. In the first example, we used the birthday of,、uh, we used、uh, Obama's birthday. I must have been having a liberal day there. Here we go, 1961, August 4th. Then we turn that all into numbers. 1961, 08, 04. In the nine star key system that I was taught here, the nines equal zeros. I don't know why. It was explained, and I think I was、uh, zoning out, having a daydream at the time. So, how this calculates out to for the year. 
This becomes a 0. So you've got a 1 plus 6 equals 7. 7 plus 1 equals 8. That's his first number, an 8. Then we calculate the month and day together. You always do that, by the way. You have to be careful. You calculate the year first. Once you have the year's number, that's a standalone number. After that, you calculate the, uh, the month and date. So we got 0, 8, and 0, 4. That equals 12. Okay. You always break down two-digit numbers into one digit. 1 plus 2 equals 3. So now we have two numbers for, um, for ex-president Obama. We've got 8 plus 3. That equals 11. Now you take that final number, turn that into a single digit. So President Obama's numbers are 832. Okay? Just really quickly, I'm going to write it down because I have a head full of rocks. My birth date, 1978, July 19th. So I'm disappearing my 9. We're turning that into a 0. Adding my 1 to 7, that's an 8. 8 plus 8 equals 16. 1 plus 6 equals 7. That's my first number, is a 7. Next, I've got a 07 and a 19. I'll put 1 and 9 together. 9's become zeros, so that's a 1. 1 plus 7 equals 8. Okay, 7 plus 8 equals... Anybody? 15, good job. I knew that, it was not just stalling for time. Now, 1 plus 5 equals 6, so there's my numbers there. So, my numbers are 7, 8, 6. <coughs> okay. Now, what are the meaning of these numbers? First, uh, the first level that you can use, the easiest level, um, which easily corresponds to another little skill that we'll talk about in this podcast briefly. You go down, each number corresponds with particular colors. So on the post, I've got the colors, and colors correspond with some personality traits. Obviously, it's not set in stone, but basically they're applicable. So um, let's go through some of these personality traits. Number one, one equals white. Now, when you think about white, you more than likely automatically conjure up some mental imagery or some, uh, some assumptions about the white color. Purity, uh, consistency, although it is delicate. Okay, What we have here, white is someone that needs goals. They must have a clearly defined goal. They're genuinely uh, very thorough. They enjoy the process of achievement. Not necessarily the achievement it's success, it's itself, but they, they like the climbing the ladder. Climbing the ladder is more important than the end goal for people with powerful white. Okay, sensitive. Um, they're sensitive to uh, artistic aesthetics and style, things like that. Um, they're usually generally clean freaks, and uh, they're attracted to education. So although they may or may not be, you're going to hear a lot of that phrase, may or may not be. You're probably going to want to write that one down. They may or may not be attracted to, uh, they may or may not be educated themselves. They're likely attracted to education. Now, this post that I wrote here, this was written in 2009. This is not a very, it's not very cynical. If you want cynical, go back to the most recent post where I explain some of the, the very particular wording that's used here. Words like you may or may not be. Or, or phrases such as attracted to education. Let me ask you a question. Who isn't attracted to education? 
Yeah, exactly. Okay, moving on to number two, red. <clears throat> red people are really hyper-independent. They're overly sensitive, so uh, they're always worried about their position in the group. They really want to know uh, what's their position in relation to this person and in relation to this person. Okay, they're a doer, but they're also, as I said, very jealous and concerned about position. They have trouble cooperating with the team. They don't work well in teams because they're always vying for more attention in position. Next, we've got orange, number three, orange. Orange people, like red, tend to get, get shit done, um, but they're realistic and they really like change. So they're very into uh, sometimes violent change. They want things to happen. They want them to change, and they want them to change now. Okay, yellow. Yellow people are intuitive and often artistic. Um, they're kind of big music people, big art people. They're always creating stuff. Uh, generally, they're crap at human relations. So these are the kind of people that have a really high AQ, like artistic quotient. But their EQ is generally quite low. So whereas you've probably heard about people with high IQs that then have um, extraordinarily low EQ. They don't deal well with people, but they deal really well with concepts and information. AQ people, similar. They're hyper-artistic, but their EQ is quite low. And that's usually yellow people. Okay, um, And these, these people are gamblers. They're big winners or big losers. It's rarely in the middle. Green. Green people are the opposite of yellow. Okay, they, All they want is, is stability. They're great line workers. You put this person on the line in the factory, they're going to plug in every pin, every screw. Uh, they're very good at this. Um, they get tired mentally with new concepts and too much information. They want things to be steady and consistent. They generally just follow the crowd physically and intellectually. Next, number six, uh, light blue or sky blue. These people are really high dexterity, dexterity people or insanely clumsy. Again, one of those, uh, the way to phrase something that you should pay attention to if you're ever interested in fortune telling. Um, these people are very dexterous or insanely clumsy. So right there, you, you've, you've cast a really wide net. In cold reading, that's called uh, shotgunning. So they have a lot of scattered information in their heads. They can talk about almost anything. They're chatterboxes. They can go on and on about whatever with whoever. Uh, they're not really a master of anything, kind of the jack-of-all-trades. And they're really good in social groups because they can connect with different people on a small level. But when it comes to deeper connections, they usually falter. Blue, like a dark blue. Blue people are stubborn. They have overly developed sense of responsibility, which can lead to feelings of guilt uh, regarding things that they've done. Again, another shotgun phrase, if you use it correctly. You go to someone and say, well, yeah, you're, you, know, you have a really overly developed sense of responsibility, and it can make you feel bad if you do something wrong. Yeah, that's what, 90% of the population exempt 10% of sociopaths from that, and that's everybody. Everyone <laughs> feels bad when they do something bad. Anyway. Okay, but anyway, it, it works. It's in there. They take pride in their work. They become obsessive about things. Now, 
if you're reading someone, if you're reading someone the right way and they're responding to your initial shotgun statements here, you really want to zone in on obsessive. Obsessive about things that they're interested in because you can really, once you, once you catch someone, once you hook someone with their obsession, they get really into talking about it and you get a lot of free information. Okay, purple. These are uh, bossy types. They're bossy. They have a very strong presence or charisma. So remember, this is one of Obama's numbers. Um, they're often entertainers or politicians. They have a gift for, anal for analysis. And uh, for whatever reason, the opposite sex is generally really attracted to them. Okay, so they might not have a lot of, for example, a male, like uh, Barack, might not have that many male friends, but he might easily make female friends. Purple would be one of the least popular shotgun colors. However, when you nail someone that does have a purple, and you get it, and they have some of these, these points, these qualities, they're really going to respond to your reading, because it seems hyper-personal. Number nine is gold. Okay, like purple people, gold people can analyze the situation, but they're quite indecisive. Uh, the big thing with gold people in this system is they have a lot of power to create something or destroy something. Okay, so there's hyper, hyper goal-oriented about the finished product, whereas white people are all about the process. So quite different. So back to uh, President Obama. His numbers were 832, so we got a purple, orange, and a red. Now, when you're reading someone, how this, the beauty of a numer numerolo numerological system inside the, the uh, scam, because we call it a scam, the fortune telling, is that it's layered systems. There's layered systems. This kind of complexity is great because it equals distraction. And in the post that I recently wrote about how I became a fortune teller, down here, I talk about why the system works under, do I believe in cold reading? And I said, no, I basically don't. Okay, and we go to uh, distraction. So this is a quote from The Prestige. Now you're looking for the secret, but you won't find it because, of course, you're not really looking. You don't really want to know. You want to be fooled. And that's very, very true. So I wrote here, the system, this the Nangistar key system, this numerological system, offers you two really clear advan uh, advantages when you're doing a reading. One, it's a legitimizing framework. The fortune teller doing the reading of the subject or the customer or whatever. They have this system that in a lot of fortune tellers will have uh, books and charts, uh, anyone. They're using tarot cards, a goddamn crystal ball, whatever it is. It's a legitimizing system. They have all this stuff which, may, which makes them look like they know something that you don't. Not because they know it, but because there's an outside source, an outside system that's providing them with information. It's basically props. And this numerological system, the nine-star key system, is kind of an advanced prop. The other thing it does is it elicits cooperation from the subject or the customer. So it's almost like while I'm doing numbers, writing them down, I always write out the numbers in front of the person and show them how it worked. Okay, I don't explain why, but I show them why it worked because it feels like we're doing that together. We're working it out together. We're using this, 
this system of the mystic system of the universe. We're doing it together. And I assign the colors. They're already paying attention once, once the colors are assigned. And you're using the right kind of language, integrating a lot of neurolinguistic programming into your language, anchoring here and there, all this stuff, as you explain colors. Now, after that, you can move into another tier of the system. This is just another distraction. It's another distraction. It's another way to cast your net and shotgun to get more information. And here we see it. Now, this is in the fortune-telling numerology post, not how I became. So uh, we see that Obama here, he was an adult. So his first number, the eight, is his primary day-to-day personality. First of all, there's no reason anyone would ever cold-read a kid. And by a kid, I mean kind of anyone under the age of 15 or 16. Before 16, it seems like people's personalities aren't developed enough, and you don't need to co-read them. You need to understand some basic, very basic psychological concepts, and you can just, you, you, you whatever information you need, I can't imagine you needing any drastic information from a 15-year-old. <laughs> they don't have any money for you to take or anything like that. Yeah, I know that sounds bad, but after 16 or so, these rules are going to apply because the person's, the individual's personality has uh, become concrete. It's become more cement. So uh, the first number, in Obama's case, an eight. In my case, a seven. That's like their daily operating system. Okay. So you're going to then apply the guidelines of the color to the first number, explaining that's their daily operating system. Now, you've probably been sitting with this person for 20 minutes up to, at, at this point. You should have spent 10 minutes building rapport at least. More if you can. If you've got an hour, 20 minutes is rapport. And during that rapport building phase, you're also fishing with some psychological questions. You're already employing you know, NLP techniques you're, you're to really anchor rapport and good feelings and an interest in what's coming. If you screen your customers the right way too, then you know you're going to be sitting with someone who's already got an interest in uh, numerology and fortune telling. So, as for Obama, it would mean he's bossy. He has really uh, intense charisma. He's a presence, and people generally listen to him. This is a great example because, yeah, he was the president of the United States when I wrote this, and all these things seem really, really true. And they are true. But I could probably make this number work for, uh, yeah, 80, 80% of the population. And we've got an out for when it doesn't work. We'll move to that in a minute. Uh, so now we skip to the third number. That's important. Don't go, to, don't go here. We're going to skip to the third number. This was your, child, your, when you were your childhood personality or your operating system as a child. Okay, For Obama, it's a red. For me, it's a six, which was light blue light blue yeah it's been a while since I did this so in Obama's case he was red we had an independent child very intelligent uh, always worried about his position and worrying the worry about his position probably played into his his obsession with uh, personal development and climbing the political ladder you can see how those that same thing could be used for someone who achieved nothing someone who ended up in the gutter or in jail you could use the same criteria. You, you were jealous and you were so obsessed with your position that you self-sabotaged and you ended up being a crack whore, whatever. 
it, it's all there. It's all super flexible. It's more, mostly it's about how you lead and how you read the person, not the mystic numbers. After that, uh, let's see here. Yeah. Da, 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 da. Okay. So what you'd explain here is he's got this purple, he's got this red adult operating system, childhood operating system, and these two play against each other. Now, as you read the person, you're going to find out which one of these, not which one do you think the person is, what you think isn't necessarily uh, terribly important. What you're going to assess is, is which one of these colors and the corresponding characteristics does the subject respond to more? If you're getting a lot of head nodding like this, totally that's totally how I am bro or if you're seeing a lot of this like a lot of this uh, the first one means they're really responding to it the second one means they're not you got to pay attention to those cues okay you want to work work on the one that they seem to be responding to the most and then you want to push that you want to push that and then you save the one that they're not responding to. You save that for later. Okay, going on. We move back now to the second number. In Obama's case, it's a three. That's orange. In my case, it's an eight. That's purple. Um, the second number is the system of choice making. So when this individual, this uh, the, the, the target or subject or customer, you explain that, okay, so uh, whereas purple or your first numbers your adult operating system with red your childhood operating system always running in the background when you have to make a choice between a b and c you tend to make choices based on purple criteria okay this is great you if you think about this the, you're moving all over the place you got different operating systems choices are being made all over the place for different reasons it's confusing it's distracting and it gives you an nearly unlimited amount of options with which to explain this person's character or to at least convince the person that you know something about them you shouldn't know. Okay. Let's see here. Uh, also, also that third number, this one here, that's kind of like your, uh, you can explain, that's where you get your, your kind of personal power from. The characteristics of that color are going to give you real life advantages over other people. And then you just fish based on the reaction, find a personality point within that number structure that the person obviously uh, was positive about and explain to them that this is a this is a personal weapon that you can use in your day to day life to gain an advantage over other people. It's a little hard to explain here, but it works. We might have to, you know what? I should probably do a live cold read. Get someone here, videotape it, and do a cold read. I need to brush up on this anyway. It's interesting. Okay, that's basically how it works. That's the first layer of the system. That would be your first reading. Now, I didn't, that was not a mock reading. That was an explanation of how the system works. Now, other things to make the system work better. One, you have to fully understand all this stuff. So, what I did back in the day was I had a notebook. In the back of the notebook, I had all my charts. We don't have any charts here because I'm not going into that today. Charts, color codes, all these things. And I also had notes in Japanese, phonetically written out in Romaji. 
that helped me explain the more complicated points and explain it exactly with the correct kind of language. Because, as I talk about in this post, um, other things that I got very interested in were uh, neuro-linguistic programming. So cold reading and NLP. Neuro-linguistic programming works. Uh, some people call it a pseudoscience. I think that really depends what you're using it for. If you're like a Tony Robbins, and I'm not saying he's not legit, but if you are using it as this thing that can teach a doctor how to do heart surgery in half the time, I, I don't buy that necessarily. However, if you're using NLP in social situations, particularly in a uh, in some kind of dominance hierarchy where you are speaking down to someone else, in my experience, there's no doubt in my mind that NLP and those kind of anchoring techniques really work. They'll really help you be successful. So you need to give them a, give them a shot if you're going to get into this kind of stuff. And if nothing else, this is just a little party trick. You know, it's something to keep conversation going when things get really dull and when things get really boring. That's it. That's that's the simple simple answer for fortune telling. Now there are multiple layers to this. Aside from the initial reading, which is found here in this post, fortune tell numerology. Aside from this, there are multiple layers after it. Um, biorhythm charts, how to use the I Ching to ask questions about your future, um, feng shui and things in your home, energy in your home, energy through food and diet. Uh, there was all, and then after that, they moved into uh, spirit animals. Beyond that, they even taught how to uh, exorcisms, how to exorcise these evil spirits from uh, locations and from people. And she did, she being the guru that I write about here, a lot of her biggest paying clients were these customers who she was performing micro exorcisms on. And these people were constantly plagued by bad spirits. So her micro exorcism, whatever that is, I'm not involved. Uh, there were a lot of different techniques. For example, uh, she'd charge up her energy before leaving home. She'd soak her arms up to the elbows in ice water before dealing with the person. And she'd massage the client uh, with these ice cold hands using different uh, incense and herbs and things like that. And her thing was that different spirits would be locked up in particular areas on the client's body. And she could massage and work these areas. And with her arms ice cold, it opened her gateway for her to absorb the evil spirits. <laughs> I'm dead serious. This was the story the evil spirits or the evil uh, energy from that individual. Now, whether you believe in evil spirits and evil energy or not, it just makes common. It just makes good sense. She sets up a, a comforting, safe environment. She relaxes the person with incense aromatherapy, uh, sometimes like chanting sounds and things like that. Then she's providing a massage. She's also uh, giving some this this really ice cold contact, which is gonna probably release some kind of endorphin somewhere. Plus the massage, you're immediately releasing tension. Um, on top of that, she's talking to the person the whole time, um, explaining things. So you're going to have this person that walks away from the encounter more than likely feeling 
a lot better than they did before the encounter. Just like if you went and got a little sports massage over at the clinic or you went and found a little uh, you know, Chinese lady down the road, you're going to feel better. That has nothing to do with exercising demons, right? Now, another gimmick to that was in her thing, she's not casting them out. If they're personal uh, ghosts or demons, she would actually receive them into her body. That was the narrative. So it uh, a, they're multi-tiered, a multi-tiered uh, deception there. She's making the person feel better, and at the same time, she's it looks as if she's taking on this, this evil responsibility, taking this burden herself. It makes her look much more mystical. It gives her a lot more to manipulate the person within the future. If she were re to release this demon and didn't deal with it properly, it would come back and haunt the person again, blah, 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 blah. Multi-tiered deceptions, multi-tiered distractions. It's a, a really potent mythology. And for people who are open to it, it's highly, highly, highly believable. And without going into too many other details, I talk about it under my first disciple was a young lady named Yuffie, and she was obsessed with believing. Uh, I actually attempted to teach her some of the more um, practical things that I, I, I really believe work. Uh, how does cold reading work? Techniques of cold reading, timing in cold reading, how to, how to do NLP the very basics of NLP, basic concepts, and then how to arrange yourself and present yourself in such a way to make the whole situation more viable, more believable, more achievable, and something that people are going to be more likely to latch onto. And she turned her back on all of that. Anything mystical or universal energy, blah, 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 she was very into. So there are people out there who really want to believe. It's like an X-Files thing. They're desperate for it. So... Uh, in a nutshell, that's how uh, the numerology works. Is this big in Japan? Yeah. It is. It's a big deal here. Um, if you don't live in Tokyo or Osaka, you might, you've might you never seen this, whatever. But during good weather and even during bad weather in certain areas, particularly Shinjuku, you can see in Ikebukuro, in Shibuya, uh, Ueno, uh, Kijijoji, all over the place. When you're there and you're walking around, you'll see these people sitting on a little stool with a small table next to them, and they might be sitting there alone, or someone might be sitting across from them. These are fortune tellers. You see them all over town in different areas, and they're all running a different ki various kinds of fortune telling scams. So there's there's cards, sticks, palm reading, numerology, uh, f all name based your name-based kanji, uh, Chinese character, fortune, all this stuff. It's prevalent. And a lot of really intelligent, well-educated, highly employed people go talk to fortune tellers. Now, the common theme is, well, I believe the good stuff, I don't believe the bad stuff. Okay, that's kind of a throwaway statement to make them feel better about the fact that they spend money every week talking to a fortune teller. Whatever. It's fine. Um, I've known multiple people who do it. Uh, I had multiple clients who came to me as a fortune teller. So it is prevalent and it does work. And uh, it's not only Japan. Korea has a really big fortune telling culture as well. So does China. I know in Korea it can get, uh, it can get bananas. From what I, the stories I've heard about people who have canceled marriages based on bad fortune telling readings and all this other stuff. So it, it's a huge thing. Uh, it's a huge real industry that people can get into. 
Um, does fortune telling work? Well, that depends how you define fortune telling and how you define does it work. Are there positives that can come out of it? Yeah, there are. I've written about it in this post. Positives that come out of it, sometimes people just need to talk. They need to talk, and they need to hear the advice they already know. And a really good, a good cold reader, a good cold reader or a good fortune teller is going to, they're going to know this. That's one of the things that you have to do, which I also address in this post. Every time you do a meeting or a reading, you need to give the customer or subject some good news. So right here, oops, you know, give them some good news and cheer them up. Give them hope. Uh, if they broke up, you need to allude to the fact that they'll meet someone in the future and they're going to be better off. They're going to have some healing. You need to give them some bad news too and that there's trouble coming in the future because that's going to keep them on edge and they're going to be more likely to come talk to you again. And then you need to link a lot of positive things and a lot of hope to you as the fortune teller and the leader. I know that sounds shady, but how is that different so much than a therapist or most personal trainers in a gym and a lot of English teachers? In the English teaching that I do now, uh, I have my own business. The English teaching I do now, the level of the parallels with adults between fortune telling and teaching English are extremely prevalent it's not that different because it's on both sides of that coin people are just looking for something they don't have in their life anyway that's what it is it's fortune telling and I used to do it and I was pretty good at it so if you have time uh, go read these posts if you want to learn how to do it go look up the older post and that title is fortune telling numerology if you want to learn how to do the numerological system that's this one if you're interested in how I did it, how I made money doing it, and how ridiculous and crazy it got, go read How I Became a Japanese Fortune Teller. Also, please comment or leave questions in the comment section. You can also leave comments and questions on this video. Um, if you think this is interesting, please like and subscribe. I'd really appreciate it. Um, and if you have any immediate comments or questions, you can hit me at Twitter. That's at GaijinAss. Or join our thing on Facebook. Uh, it's backslash GaijinAss. And that's it. We're checking out. Minasan, arigatou gozaimashita. Sayonara.